Hi, and welcome back to the Girls Who Gather podcast, a podcast sharing women's stories from a diverse range of backgrounds and stages of life, highlighting the way that they are building community, empowering other women, and walking out their calling. We're so glad you've decided to tune in. Our hope for launching this podcast is to extend the voice of Gather beyond the physical spaces where we meet in our cities, campuses, and apartments. With an incredible diversity of feminine voices, we want to create a catalogue of testimonies and inspirational stories that you and your friends can always return to. We will also be announcing Gather news, updates, and other exciting events coming up on this platform. Stay tuned for more from us as we journey through this next season together. All right, so today's guest is a believer in turning dreams into realities and a lover of all things good. Zipporah Baldwin is a native of Northern Virginia and a recent graduate of Hampton University with her BS in business management. With her coexisting passions of being her own boss, uplifting women and girls, and sharing her passionate love for Christ, in 2018, Zipporah founded the nonprofit organization of Everyday Esther, an organization dedicated to the core pillars of education, service, and sisterhood, and building partnerships with organizations in the greater DC and Virginia communities. Today, she remains the Chief Executive Officer of Everyday Esther, and has also recently relocated to Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas, where she now also serves as a Community Specialist at Christian Vision, a nonprofit ministry dedicated to globally reaching communities for Christ through optimized social media advertising, digital pioneering, and effective gospel content creation. Zipporah is deeply passionate about youth, community development, marketing, nonprofit operations, and faith-based leadership. She is a highly skilled public speaker and a community builder who is no stranger to the process of building community from the ground up. It is an absolute honor to have you here with us today, my friend. Welcome to the Gather Podcast Season 3! Wow, thank you so much. I must say that introduction was so good. Please send me that after this. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Thanks, girl. We always got to hype up our women. You know what I mean? Yes, I love it. I'm here for the empowerment. I am empowered this morning. <laughs> Yay. Well, welcome. Welcome. Season three, we are focusing on the theme of building, journeying through what it means to lay a strong foundation to something to build up the walls or the framework of something and then to dwell or learn what it takes to sustain that thing that we're building. And it has run the gambit with our, our guests. Some girls and women on our pod have been actual architects and can speak to that process. Some have been architects of culture or justice, if you will, political and justice advocates, chefs will have on the podcast, all kinds of women. And so I am so grateful that you're here today because I think there's a lot of things in your story that can speak to our theme. So I hope you're also excited. <laughs> Absolutely. Beyond excited. I was looking forward to this for quite some time now. So I, I, I'm looking forward to this conversation today for sure. Awesome. Oh, I'm so glad. Cool. Well, I guess the first thing to do for our guests is to give them a better picture of who Zipporah is. Like what is, if I'm going to be metaphorical, what is the like blueprint of your journey to being you, right? Um, can you tell us a bit more about your, your roots in the DMV, Northern Virginia? How is that like growing up for you in this part of the country? Yes. Okay, great question. So born and raised in Virginia, Northern Virginia, for anyone that's not really familiar with the area, just a few minutes outside of Washington, D.C. I grew up with a very close-knit family, myself, my mom, my dad, my older brother, and my grandparents have always lived down the street from us. 
But growing up, my parents really laid a firm foundation, especially of faith. Mm -hmm. I would say that that's one thing that has really taken root in me, you know, my faith being a, a, a Christian woman and just having those values and those morals and having those standards for myself have really just helped me to grow into the young woman that I am today. But I can say that I'm extremely family oriented, although I live over a thousand <laughs> miles away from them now. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. But what I can say is that one thing about my family is that they really emphasized community. And mm -hmm. what I can also say is that I learned to trust my family. I learned to look for pieces of my family in my friends. I learned yeah. to allow my, my mom and my dad and even my brother to provide me with guidance through life. And one thing that I learned from my family is, you know, allow this to be the mold for the community that you're looking for. Yeah. I know the there's a phrase that says, uh, friends are the family that we choose. And yeah. I can I can absolutely agree that my family has definitely been that 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 model, that mold for what community looks like for me today. And that's definitely what I was saying regarding my upbringing and how that's played a part into who I am. Wow, Zephora, I, I love what you said, you know, connecting the family, like the blood family, but also the love of family that can be found in community and friendships and both sort of reflecting the qualities you're exactly. seeking to grow in. And I feel like, you know, how you and I became friends, like you and your mom both, you know, I work with your mom, she's my supervisor at Tahare Justice Center, which is so cool. And through her, she was like, you have to meet my daughter, you guys are just so similar. And I was like, yeah. That's how I went. Yeah, that's, that's what happened. <laughs> and so it was so cool to just from day one, you you ladies just when we got lunch, I think it was in was it where, what part of Northern Virginia did we get lunch in? I don't even know. I'm I think it was like Sherlington, something real right. fancy, real nice. Right. I just know Reston, Arlington, and that's about it. Oh, and Falls yeah. Church. That's okay. Hey, <laughs> that's a start. You know, but it was so lovely just to see y'all's hearts just so warm and so opening and inviting. I was like, I feel like I'm getting lunch with my cousins or my aunt or like loved ones. Exactly. Um, that's so beautiful. What in in that environment do you think inspired this like, well, I guess we'll get to it in the next question, but Everyday Esther, right? That obviously didn't just come out of nowhere. That's a huge dream, I think, realized in your life that you've shared before with me. Do you think your upbringing and the things you saw regarding community building, hosting, maybe the way that your parents welcomed people into your home and engaged with the local community, like, Tell us what that cultivation process was like for the vision behind Everyday Esther. That's so good. And I can say <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind is that my family loves people. They love wow. people, people of all kinds, people from all walks, people from all faiths. And growing up in a family like that, you know, with our doors always open to our friends, mm -hmm. our doors always open to their coworkers, it was so fascinating to see how many people I would begin to engage with, whether they were um, family, whether they were from families of immigrants, whether they were um, uh, Muslims, whether they were younger or older than yeah. me. It was so awesome being able to engage with so many different people. And I really began to value different cultures. I began to value uh, different uh, languages. You know, I started studying French and so many things. But because of my family's love for people, particularly my parents, love for people. And I think in just about any home, just about in any home, 
uh, parents typically lead the way. And I can definitely say that that's what it was with my mom and dad and my my brother and I have really just followed in those footsteps. But my mom, you know, working in the nonprofit sector for as long as I can remember, she's had <laughs> that heart, that passion for serving others. Yeah. My dad being such a huge advocate for education, he's been in education for as long as I could remember. Wow. He's always had that heart for young people, had that that desire to to teach and that desire to help young people to to understand their own value and their own potential. So ultimately that's what contributed to to what I'm doing now with Everyday Esther, you know, just having that 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 heart for people, having that desire to see people shine. That's so good. I couldn't mm, I couldn't have asked to hear a more inspiring way that you frame that and it opens up the way for me to even you know, like, like, just pick your brain, like, what is it like to pull people into that vision, right? Like, I think knowing your own personal mission or idea or being like, you know, maybe I see a need here to build community in this unique way. But what was that process of getting friends or other women in your world on board with that vision? You know, how did that that team building process for everyday Esther to lift it off the ground start for you? That's a really good question. And I can say that at first I was afraid. I was scared, you know. Uh, Everyday Esther really kicked off. April 2018 was our launch. So I was in college. And I I just had a desire, a strong desire to connect women, connect women and connect girls, providing them a place very similarly to what Gather does, providing them a place where they could be themselves authentically. I think in college, it's just such a place of in any school that you go to, um, just a, it can typically be a place where there's a great deal of peer pressure. And if you don't know who you are, if you don't know, uh, if you don't have strong values, if you don't have strong morals, it can be very easy to be swayed. So I wanted Everyday Esther to be that place where people could just show up authentically, a place where we could learn together, a place where we could connect authentically and not fear judgment. And I think once I got over my fear, I really just started reaching out to my friends, like, girl, let's hang out, you know, keep it casual. Girl, let's hang out, you know? And then you begin the conversations of, well, do you have any ideas for bringing in more people into our community? Do you have any ideas potentially for some events? And I started hosting events out of my apartment when I was in college. And, you know, I remember this one day, it was a Valentine's Day event. I called my mom, you know, being a broke college student, I called my mom. I was like, mom, we have this event. I need some money for some Subway sandwiches. Yeah. So I went to Subway, got, you know, <laughs> catered by Subway. And, you know, it, it's just you you work with what you have. And I think yeah. in, in building anything, you have to start small most times. Most times yeah. you have to start small unless you're lucky and you've got a great deal of capital. But that wasn't my situation. Yeah. So, I mean, I started small. I started with my friends. And from there, it really grew organically because it was so authentic. That's so beautiful, Zipporah. I I continue to be amazed by our our friendship and the unique, very fast friends way it happened. Because what you just described is literally how Gather started in Lauren Franco's dorm room. Shout out to the very first podcast episode for those listening. You should go back yes. and listen to the Gather origin story. But that's exactly how it started. We all pooled our little like dining hall credits. We got some Dunkin' Donuts. It was a snowstorm. Yes, that's community. Like, you know? Like, you guys get it. Oh my gosh. Our friend Betty, who is our lovely um, social media director, she would crawl in and out of Lauren's room with the microwave so we wouldn't disrupt the conversation to heat up more chicken nuggets. Like, 
It was a whole thing. There you go. I'm loving this. <laughs> I wish I was there. <laughs> but it's that spirit of um, come as you are, I guess. And Absolutely. like that authenticity, you know, like building a space for women to feel safe and their Absolutely. truest selves. Absolutely. I love that. And I know, you know, very intimately having journeyed with my friends who also are my team, it takes so much from us as leaders, building and founding, laying the foundations of this very thing that we want to be a blessing and to serve other people. What has that, that, that cost been to you? Like, what does it take for you to keep leaning into the work of building? What are some challenges that I guess in recent years you've had to work through or you're learning how to confront head on as a founder and a builder thing? That's a great question. And I can say building anything worthwhile is costly. It requires mm. sacrifice, especially when you're building community. Because wow. one thing that can be taxing is the clashing of personalities or, yes. you know, you, you begin to, uh, me being such a passionate person, I have so many ideas at once. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. who's going to help me bring this forth? Yeah. And I think that's one major thing in working to build community or really build anything that you expect to be sustainable, typically you can't do it on your own. So I can say okay. that as I began to lean into letting others help me yeah. bring forth this vision that I had on the inside of me, that's when things became so much easier to sustain. But I can mm. say that even today, it's still costly. It's yeah. still taxing. And again, as I say to my community builders on the on the podcast today that may be listening, when you're working with people, you have to show grace. And I think that takes a strength that I may have had before, but it's been cultivated along the way. You know, you have to show grace for people where they are. You have to show grace for for where, where it is that maybe you think that they can be, but they may not identify with that just right, yet, right. if that makes any sense. You it know, does. I think being someone who loves to encourage other people to pursue their gifts and pursue their talents, not yeah. everyone is in that place and not everyone is ready to be like, man, I'm ready to change my life. Yeah. I'm ready to transform right now. <laughs> and being a community builder, I have to be yeah. okay with that. And no yeah. one else's life is in my control. The only job yeah. that I have is to encourage. The only job that I have is to inspire, to empower, to offer the pieces of wisdom, to offer the suggestions of advice. And if they take it, they take it and they run with it. And if they don't, it's okay. You still have this community where you can gain strength. So Ooh, that's yeah. what I would say. Uh, ultimately, that's been that's been the journey for Everyday Esther. It hasn't been easy, but it's been so, so worth it. And lastly, I can say that in regard to community building, for me, people are my greatest investment. I, I think wow. it, investing in the lives of other people is worthwhile. It's worthwhile. Mm -hmm. You never know what your investment into a person can bring forth, not just for you, because it's not about what yeah. someone else can do for me, but what really satisfies my soul, what really is a measurement of success for Everyday Esther is seeing people impacted to the point where they go and do something else for another. You know, you want yeah. that perpetuated blessing. And yeah. that's truly what, what warms my heart. So I love investing in people. And I can say ultimately that that's been, um, that's been, help, that's been helpful in really combating those costs of community wow. building. 
Girl, oh my goodness. There's just so much goodness in this conversation and honestly hearing you talk about like your heart as you're building and like being very real about the challenges. I mean, I definitely appreciate that. I think I've listened to podcasts before, conversations, TED Talks, webinars where, you know, I think maybe women entrepreneurs or nonprofit founders, it's a lot of success stories, but I think there's a bravery that I personally appreciate in my journey of building this nonprofit and gather and playing my part where it's like, no, it's hard. Absolutely. <laughs> like, Absolutely. It, we, we have to do the work we profess to achieve externally, internally for the girl next to us that's building. You Absolutely. Know? There you go. Absolutely. Yeah. Well said. Absolutely. Thanks. Yeah. So I, yeah, I love that. But I think all that being said there, it sounds like there's this organic trait that you have, if I might be bold to say that of loving people and doing it well. It It was in your environment growing up. It's in who you are, your foundation. Um, But that being said, we grow up, we go to college, we we hone in like hard skills in our industries and fields that can be transferred and complement the stuff that we're cultivating inwardly. So I wanna ask you, Zipporah, switching gears a bit to more of the, the tangible, the career. Why did you choose the degree that you did at Hampton? And even why did you choose Hampton? I just want to know the story. I know there has to be a story. And I just, I want to know how you feel your degree and your college experience is actually scaffolding the work that you're doing now in your field. That's so good. (laughs) So I knew that I always wanted to be my own boss. I grew up watching my mom strive, (laughs) watching her just kill it in the game in whatever arena she was in and seeing such a powerful woman of color really trailblaze paths before me it inspired me and it reminded me that Zipporah you can do this too sis Mm. so I got my degree in business management from an incredible school it was an HBCU it's called Hampton Mm. University and for anyone on the the podcast that doesn't know what an HBCU is it refers to a historically black college and or university and pretty much Hampton University really set a firm foundation of me discovering who I am as a woman of color and really being empowered to know that as a woman of color, I can still succeed. As a woman of color, I have assets that I knew not of before I arrived. As a woman of color, I have a a, a particular, a very unique, um, what would I call it? A very unique, just characteristic about myself to be able to empower other other minorities, other people who feel like, they may not have the same playing field as others in their industry. And I still use that today, you know, especially with Everyday Esther. We work with a lot of young women and girls from low-income backgrounds, from Mm -hmm. at-risk communities. And just being um, a woman who knows herself in and of herself, especially because of Hampton University being an HBCU, it's it's, it's a lot easier to go forth in my skin, to go forth in the skin that I'm in without being uncomfortable. And uh, lastly, I can say to the degree, the degree plays a huge part in who I am today. I always knew, as I said, that I was going to be my own boss and that I am (laughs) in a way. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, furthermore, in regard to business management, I knew that I wanted to concentrate in nonprofit management because I knew that I had a heart to serve. I knew that love was my formula for my formula for life. Love is my formula for life. And that's just 
that's just it. I love people. So trying to find that balance between, okay, how can I operate in business and how can I incorporate people? I find, I find myself here in nonprofit management. Mm. And ultimately, I can say my degree plays a role in what I do now in Everyday Esther and what I do in my full time job with Christian Vision as well. You know, just being being business savvy, knowing about marketing, knowing about reaching people authentically, knowing more about business communication and how to handle myself in different environments. I can say that those are only few of many practical ways that my degree and my education has helped me today. That is so great. It's kind of like you're articulating a set of distinct tools in a tool belt or in a toolkit. And it's like, no matter what space you find yourself in, you build and you can build well. You can like say, I mean, I guess I think I'm curious to hear more about your, your time at Christian Vision and what drew you to that position. But it sounds like when you're working in the space of social media and like digital advocacy of a particular vision or mission, you learn how to craft with words. You learn how to, to engage people's stories. You learn how to create your own story to engage other people's stories. Like what, I guess, drew you to the current position at your full-time job at Christian Vision and that social media marketing component you're talking about here? Yeah, that's a really good question. I can say that their own mission and their own vision aligned with my own. And I can say that with any job that's that I may be looking for, if it doesn't align with my own personal purpose, I probably won't be fulfilled. So one Mm. thing about Christian Vision is that they love people and their major goal is just to introduce people to Jesus. And Mm. what's so beautiful about it is that that's what I'm already doing in my day to day life (laughs) anyways. (laughs) So why not join a band of other people who are doing the same thing? So what really drew me to them is just their heart for people, their heart for service, their heart for outreach and evangelism. And since I've been on board, I've just been embraced with true love. I'm an advocate for love, y'all. Okay. (laughs) So when I encounter God's love, it's just like, it feels like home. And being yeah, over a thousand miles away from home, it, it, it oh, doesn't yeah. feel like I'm far because I'm so close and so overwhelmed by and so embraced by love. So That's I absolutely beautiful. love where I am now. And shout out to Christian Vision. I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, I'm super grateful. And just specifically regarding marketing and relationship management, it's been really cool getting to know more people, being able to establish relationships. with ministry leaders to equip them with digital resources. I knew that um, in college, getting to learn more about digital marketing was something that I grew fascinated by. I began doing content creation for Everyday Esther, and I was like, girl, this is your thing. This is fun. (laughs) Gifting unlocked. You know, something I didn't even know was there. So, you know, at the position that I'm at now, I get to contribute to to teamwork regarding marketing, uh, concerning managing relationships and meeting new people. So it's a lot of things that I already love just packaged into a nice little box, I can say. Wow. I'm so happy for you, though, like making that move, like heading west, like going west and going into a new environment, into an unknown. And again, revisiting this imagery of building and foundations you're laying a whole new foundation, right? We've been focusing a lot in, I, I think, our chat today about laying the foundations and building in an organizational sense, in an education to career sense. But you, Zipporah Baldwin, 
are building a new foundation for yourself in Texas, right? Life, career, ministry, community. And I just want to ask you, like, what's, what's a day in your life looking like right now, right? Like, what are those key parts of the foundation of your life in Texas that you're looking to establish right now in this moment? Definitely. That is a good question because there still isn't quite a routine um, for, for anyone that's listening. I arrived here in Texas on February the 26th and I started my job on March 1st. <laughs> so oh, <girl. laughs> wow. I, moved, I moved into my apartment <clears throat> on March 3rd. Wow. And um, yeah, here I am still figuring things out. I can't mm. say I've been church hunting. As I said, I'm a believer. So getting in community with a good church home is very valuable to me. I've been, I've I've even, guys, I've even been babysitting. One thing about me, I'm in love (laughs) with children. I have a heart for young people. So I was like, even if I don't need the coins right now, I just want to be around kids. So that's truly what's fulfilling to me. Just being able to, you know, tutor kids again, being able to just be around them again. And um, that's definitely been impactful. And lastly, I can say my everyday Esther community, although mostly what I'm getting from the community now is virtual, it still Mm. played a vital role in my transition here into Texas. So yes, I am still looking forward to establishing physical community, but with the life groups with everyday Esther, to the group chat, to the Instagram check-ins, it's truly been a blessing just being embraced, although I'm so far away from my friends at home. Um. So yeah, I mean... In sum, I would say that a couple of things that I'm looking for are the church community, making sure that I'm taking root and establishing physical community. And um, aside from that, just getting more acquainted with with my work that I'm doing today. That's so great. And I I even want to ask you on like a physical day to day level, like, where can I get my favorite coffee beans? Or like, how can I furnish my room? And like, is that also part of your process of trying to make yourself feel adjusted or like making it more homey in the sort of day-to-day sense yeah that's such a good question and i'm so glad that you mentioned coffee in (laughs) the dallas forward texas area there are more than enough places to eat i think there are more restaurants than there are people and one thing that i have grown to love even more is coffee so quick shout out to a couple of good uh coffee places that i've tried one definitely duino's coffee out here in Dallas Fort Worth and another one that I know of that's super good is filtered that I've heard about haven't checked it out yet so okay yeah but we're gonna get there but yeah on a regular (laughs) day-to-day I can say that it looks like me going to work um me probably working on everyday Esther uh and definitely getting some good food usually I take lunch breaks this just to explore the city so whether that's going to a cute coffee shop whether that's going through a new drive through, whatever it yeah. is. It's just, you know, <laughs> discovering, discovering more of the area that I'm in now, you know, getting settled and making this home. What does that look like? It looks like going to home goods and getting a welcome mat, you know, yes, it looks ma'am. like checking out um, some local stores and seeing what little knickknacks of yeah. the area can I get. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a very interesting ride, but I'm just doing my best to make this place home, make this place home, especially, you know, for when I have people come and visit, I want to have some really solid recommendations. That's so So, sweet. I love that. Zipporah's picks for Dallas. I love it. There you go. I should start a blog. (laughs) Yes, you should. I'll, I'll be your first subscriber. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I guess I also want to briefly check in with you again, friend to friend, but also chit chatting and 
for our listeners, I think a lot of our women, um, as we've hosted events this season, we've talked about building and, you know, part of the building process is renovating, right? Like revisiting friend groups and making some adjustments and being like, you know, in one season of life, I had these kinds of friendships or I walked a certain way and did certain things. But as we journey through life and even change the environments that we live in, sometimes it's like, I want to open up to the possibility of different types of friend groups or different types of industries that I could find new friends in, right, that I'm interested in. Um, So I want to ask you, like, has there been a sort of culture shock, I guess, like moving from the East Coast to the Southwest? um, Do you feel like you're more open than you ever have been to building community in a radical new way, perhaps in this season? What's that like for you right now? That's a really good question. There are large differences between Mm. where I'm from and where I am now. I won't hit on all of them, but just generally speaking, there are a lot of differences. So I'm so grateful that you brought up, you know, the radical approaches to community. I am definitely open to meeting new people as I have been. You know, my car, I shipped my car and there was a delay with my car shipment. It probably Uh didn't get here until after a week. A week after I lived here. So long story short, I had a lot of Uber drivers. So just connecting with them, trying to pick their brain about what community looks like for them out here. Mm -hmm. What are some things that they do to connect out here? I really gained some valuable insight. And I can say that one thing that I'm looking forward to doing is checking out some interest groups. So getting connected with people who like to do stuff that I like to do, whether that's reading or whether that's um, talking about travel, whether that's, that's speaking so cool. French, I'm definitely yeah. looking forward to getting connected with a couple of interest groups. So I'm actively doing research on that, <laughs> but that's definitely a, a, an approach that I'm taking that I haven't really taken before. I mean, back home, you always have access to community, whether it's people that you grew up with or people that you went to school with, even if it's yeah. just your family, you always have that direct access. But now mm-hmm. being in a place where I know virtually little to no one, I'm definitely open to to meeting new people and just just chatting it up, just chatting it up and just connecting in new ways. So I'm looking forward to that for sure. That's so beautiful. And I'm so grateful for the way you framed it, like those interest groups, right? Like those unexpected channels for like branching out and being like, well, the starting place is we have mutual interests. Let's build from there on our exactly. connection. You never know who you'll meet. Um, and I, I think I said earlier too, like I'm the reverse of you, right? Like I'm coming from Houston, from Texas. Exactly. <laughs> and I, I acclimated to a certain culture, like even the weather, the climate, it's a different part of our country. It's and different. it's got its charms and it's got its challenges, okay? It's yeah. got its truths and trials. That's true. <laughs> like, but every place does. And so for me coming from where you are now to this part of the country, it's been an adjustment and you know, being open and being like, okay, like I'm laying down fresh roots. What is it going to take to dig them deep, right? To be here and sustain myself while I'm here. Um, And so part of that, that for me at least has been wanting to get into photography, wanting to start a blog, wanting to just walk around, like you're saying, check out coffee shops and things. So I want to ask you, like, what are some projects in the pipeline or some like goals or bucket list item things that you have for yourself in this new season? Absolutely. That's a really good question. One, I would (laughs) say getting more uncomfortable. And I know it may sound crazy to a few listeners. You're like, this girl already traveled all this ways away from home. Isn't she already uncomfortable enough? And my answer is no. 
It's wow. no, because now that I'm this uncomfortable, what do I have to lose, you know? Mm, so I'm wow. looking forward to continuing to engage in those places of discomfort, whether it's, you know, really going out of my way to meet new people or whether it's um, connecting with the Everyday Esther gang to figure out how mm. we can get ambassadors in their own cities so we don't have to go through things like this. There are a couple of things on my checklist that I'm really working towards accomplishing, not to make this more of a comfortable experience, but to make this an even more fruitful experience. So I can say that those are two major things that I'm looking forward to. Um, Definitely getting out of my comfort zone to meet more people. And I'm already extroverted, but I can say that yeah so I love meeting, that. meeting people that's the, I look forward to it I really do yeah. but even going above and beyond you know not even always I think sometimes I, I think for a lot of people even when we look for people to connect with we want to look for those mutual interests but mm. I'm at a place now where yes I'm definitely going to check out those interest groups but I don't want to be closed off to people that we don't really have that many interests I still want to be open to learning more about where they come from and what they have to offer this world And um, secondly, yes, definitely connecting with the Everyday Esther gang just to see where we can get Everyday Esther ambassadors like Atlanta, Mm -hmm. Dallas, Texas, North Carolina. See, Gather already has it going on. Okay. And here's the thing. We have girls in Everyday Esther from all over, but there aren't. I think one thing that I'm really looking forward to in this season is actually establishing firm in-person communities in each of these places Mm. where these girls are because there's potential for it. And it's about time that we really just get connected and stay connected. You know, this is the season Mm. for family. And I'm really Mm. looking forward to discovering what that looks like for me. That's so beautiful. And I I appreciate the shout out to Gather and our sort of location initiative that we launched, I think two and a half years ago, three years ago, it's all a blur at this point to me, but like that's how our community has grown and really exploded and like how we get our on the ground content with our social media director, Betty at the helm, our beautiful visuals on our Instagram, constantly thinking of what does it look like to be inclusive in our imagery? What does it look like to create effective messaging with our imagery Um, to really communicate gathers heart and content, you know, written content, which is kind of what I'm overseeing worked out into each of our locations and modified and shaped at the ground level to serve the needs of that specific city of women that specific need of, you know, for example, right, like our wonderful DC director, Lucero, she just joined us at the top of this year, really. Um, They had a fantastic, I'm sorry, at the end of last year, she did a great event in DC, uh, not long before Christmas, super, super wonderful event. A lot of women even came and expressed interest. But Lucero knows this landscape. She knows DC, she knows Northern Virginia, which is also where she's from. And so having her heart for the women literally around her, her colleagues, her childhood friends, like you were pointing out for yourself when you're home, it's like that community is there, but maybe connect them to women that you've met in grad school, maybe Mm -hmm. connect them to women that are just passing through the city for an opportunity or internship and just are looking to plug into community, right? DC is such a beautiful hub for that. New York has a totally different rhythm, right? Like. It's crazy. I don't know if you've been to New York recently, but I think COVID's definitely changed some things, but New York is just a beast of its own. Like super high power people rushing along on the subway, women going here, they're doing all the things, but still feeling hollow perhaps, or like mm. 
I'm surrounded by millions of people every day, but I still don't necessarily feel seen, right? Mm. I'm looking for a place to, as we said at the top of this chat today, like our authentic selves. Mm. Um, and so I really, I'm excited to hear you say that everyday Esther is moving and shaking in that direction of, of thinking city yes. by city. What would it look to build that out? So yeah, any any words of encouragement to yourself or some of your women even listening to this podcast about that journey uh, that you're about to embark on? Absolutely. I feel like I've been saying the same phrase almost every day for the past few weeks, but it's keep going. And I keep yeah. saying it because it's a true encouragement to myself. So keep going yeah. to, to whoever's listening. Keep going. I think sometimes we find ourselves before adversities discouraged. And mm -hmm. I think what makes it worse is when we don't have people surrounding us saying girl keep going so here i am saying girl keep going if you don't have community i encourage you to to really seek out open your heart and seek out that community that you're looking for and establish mm -hmm. those valuable connections because there are friends for you and there is family for you but ultimately that is my encouragement just be encouraged be empowered and know that you've got this there is nothing that stands in your way that you cannot overcome Wow, Zipporah, I can't thank you enough for your time with me on Gather today. I wish we could talk forever. Because I know, you know we I can. Just, <laughs> I always soak up so much wisdom and, and joy and inspiration from you. And you truly are an extrovert, but it's such a gift to the people around you. It's almost magnetic. So again, I just, on behalf of all of us here at Gather and those listening, I hope y'all are blessed by this woman's words. She is literally a well of wisdom. Uh, <laughs> So I hope you enjoyed our chat today as well, Zephora. I really do. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I must say thank you so much again to the Gather family for even having me. Thank you so much for yielding your platform to other voices of power, other voices of wisdom, and other voices that just are willing to share their journey. I listened to a couple of the podcasts already for this season, and I must say that I am so inspired by all of the women that have gone before me to speak. So thank you so much again, Noelle. This was, this was incredible. To all our listeners, thank you once again for tuning in. We hope you feel loved and encouraged by today's content. Be sure to stay tuned for more exciting updates and our gather news on our Instagram, at girlswhogather, as well as our website, www.thegirlswhogather.com. Also remember to share and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. Be on the lookout for season updates, announcements, merch, media, meetups, and more. There's always something for you to be involved in and a place to belong. Until next time, bye Gather Girls.